good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 8th of March, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I am, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III. And before we get started, he has something that he would like to plug. James, the floor is yours. Trade deadline season is upon us. Turn on your Twitter notifications. Keep your phone nearby. Don't go grocery shop and starve for the next two weeks. It's time. Oh, no, but all seriousness, just before we get going, because we have a special pod, our first guest, um, and the only guys I, w- I would want to make the first guest, and I'll get into that in a minute, but I have to obviously plug the uh, the job that pays me. Nick doesn't pay me to do this. No, um, James, pay- James pays me. Tomorrow at The Athletic, story coming, trade season. Um, I did something last week on what I'm hearing. This week is I looked at destinations for the most likely trade candidates for the Pistons looked at where they could go, what the Pistons would get in return. And I also brought in John Hollinger, my, co- my co-worker and uh, former NBA exec, to grade the deals and see if he'd do it or not. So by the time you're listening to this, either hit pause, go read that, or read that after you listen to this on The Athletic. Check my Twitter feed. And now, the moment everybody has been waiting for. I mean, you probably already know who's here because you, I would imagine you read the titles. But we have two very special guests, the OGs of Pistons podcasting for sure. Um, Two guys who I wanted to get on as our first guest because, one, I like these guys a lot. I've I've shared meals with these guys. In in Matt's case, we've shared several drinks. He's closer um, than than Laz is. But we have the dean of Pistons Twitter, as Nick likes to call him, Lazarus Jackson of Pistons vs. Everybody. He calls himself that. I mean, I like to call him that. It's in his bio, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's right. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. The dean of Pistons Twitter. Not what Nick says. He is the dean of Pistons Twitter. Last chance chance MSU or last chance on Twitter? Just last chance. Last chance on Twitter. Lazarus Jackson, Pistons vs. Everybody. And then we also have Matt Shook, my guy, of PlayMichigan.com, Locked On Pistons, the only Daily Pistons podcast, the OG, the grinder. I mean, Matt's a a second-line forward, man. Like, he's a grinding. Third line. Third Third, line. No, 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 no. No, No, They don't put me on the power play. They do not put me on the power play. (laughs) I wanted to – no, I appreciate you guys coming on. You guys – I mean, I consider you both friends. Um, You guys are the OGs of of Pistons podcasting and us coming into entering this arena – um, I wanted to make sure I had the blessings of the OGs <laughs> and, and have you guys on. You guys have both had me on your podcast multiple times. So um, it's an honor to have you guys. And, yeah, I, Nick, what is when was your introduction to, to Mr. Shook and Mr. Jackson? So I thought um, it's funny that you mentioned Laz being sort of – well, both of them being OGs. So Laz, for me, was um, – I was like actually really intimidated when you followed me because I thought that you because I saw the dean of Pistons Twitter and it You're was sort of my punk. introduction. You're always intimidated. I don't know if that makes yeah, me a punk, but I'm, I'm just sure. Joking. Go ahead. I'm joking. Go <laughs> ahead. You, no, you want to know the funny thing? You know, you want to know who gave me the moniker dean of Pistons Twitter? I was going to ask this, so yes. It's it's Matt Shook, Mr. Matt Shook. Was it really? It was. That's Holy right. full circle. He does Batman. say that when he references Laz on his pod, he always does say the Dean of Pistons. Don't you, Matt? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so with Laz, uh, I, I just knew you, obviously, from Detroit Bad Boys, which at the time I thought was the Goliath. And then I started working for Piston Pod. I was like, no, it's us. It's us. We're, we're the Goliath. Um, 
Yeah, and I remember um, one of the first interactions that, uh, Laz, you and I ever had, I sent you paragraphs basically um, after the very first Pistons Twitter bracket that I was in. Actually, it was the first one that was ever done. Um, basically being like, can I have a job? And you're like, brother, it's not that serious. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> your pitch doesn't have to be like that. And you were, then you were like, I'm also not the guy that you have to reach out to. Um, with Matt, it was so funny enough. Locked on Pistons was actually the first time I'd ever heard of Locked on. So I'd never heard of it Same until here. I saw. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if it was from the Locked on Pistons account that I like figured out who you were, if it was from your individual account. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I thought that you worked directly with the team. And I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, turns, turns out I'm you, not. You, I was going to say, cool turns out all. you're He's still really pretty cool. cool. <laughs> turns really out cool. you're still oh, cool. Um, Matt, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember uh, when you uh, sent shots at me last year? And it was the only reason it, the only reason it got to me was because it was very true. Yeah, it was the John Henson thing. Was, was that the, it? I am shocked yeah. you remember this. So, what did you say, I remember Nick? that. So what happened was it was, funny enough, once again during the Pistons Twitter bracket, I believe you were up against uh, Czar, a.k.a. Raz P. Barry. Yeah, AKA yeah. Many, right. many other many things. things. Many yes, things. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I quote tweeted basically, I think it was from Piston Powered. I think that's what made you mad was because I gave him a, like too right. much of a boost. Yeah, And yeah. He, he ended up winning. And then you went on Locked On and – uh, I don't remember what your joke was, but the reason it bothered me was because you had clearly read something that I had written about John Henson. Mm-hmm. Basically, John Henson gets to Detroit, and I was thinking, okay, if you're going to resign him, he's going to get like thirty million. It was something. It was some ridiculous, some mm-hmm. preposterous number, and um, you like made a joke about that. You're like, well, just go write articles about paying John Henson thirty million. <laughs> to be fair, the rationale that I had actually, I thought, made complete sense. In retrospect, it is terribly embarrassing, and you are completely right. We we all have bad takes. I've got a whole list of them, and we can do them all today if we want. But it's 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 totally fine. When, when we'll you've been there. tweeting as long as both of us have been, oh tweeting, yeah. yeah, you're yeah. due for some <laughs> sure. stinkers. Sure, I um I do have a instead of doing bad takes. I do mm-hmm. have a question for both of you. I do not know the answer to this. James, you can chime in at the end. I think we've talked a little bit about what your answer okay. to this is, but feel free to chime in. Um, Laz, we'll start with you. Um, Matt, it's going to be the same question. Sure. Uh, the first job that you ever held sort of in a basketball capacity, Laz, was it Detroit Bad Boys for you or was it before that? It was, I guess, technically, it was MLive. I worked at MLive for like six months directly after school, um, and I was just like a stringer, just doing uh, like high school scores and stuff. Calling yeah. up coaches on the western side of the state in the, the dead real of night. grind, the yeah the real grind. Yeah, but I guess I guess that was technically it. But the the great thing about that was that it enabled me to do the uh, state championships at Breslin one year. So that was really cool. I got to see Monte Morris lead Flint Beecher to a state championship. I got to see Flint Ed Town. I got to see Ed Sumner uh, bring my Detroit Country Day Yellow Jackets another state title. That was really cool. And so like yeah, like, that was my first like real job in basketball sure. but i've been doing the bad boys thing detroit bad boys thing way longer and so i feel like that counts more for some reason sure sure and for me uh, uh first of all thanks so much for having me on and uh oh, yeah, and duh. i yeah. long time listener <laughs> long time listener of bun and cardigan og listener too but uh nick i just want to say like i think you and uh, by the way, Laz is standing up. I think we have the same uh, the same chair, so that's that's nice. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we're I'm actually getting there. a new chair today. Should I get that one? Uh, yeah, we'll send you we'll send you some info. We'll okay. send, you can be part of the club. Okay. But uh, but yeah, Nick, I just think that uh, you're doing a great job with it. I know, like I said, maybe I gave you a little trouble on Twitter in the past, and I apologize. But just kind of on that vein, you have. 
dove into this team and dove into the NBA stuff so much, and you, I have a lot of respect for all that you guys are doing. James knows how much I respect and love him, so I don't sure. have to say too much about no. him. But, but Nick, you're doing a great job, and uh, much respect to all the work that you guys are Thank doing you, there. Um, Thank you, man. But, but uh, uh, the question was about old jobs. Man, I don't know. Uh, it probably like stringing for Dave Burkett at the Oakland Press when this I dude, was in college. Matt, Matt's, the so real, back in the day. Matt's the biggest grinder I know. Wow. Yeah, I've, I mean – yeah, it's it's uh, a good thing there's a pandemic and there's no way to like have a social life. So it's just like it's a good thing. I could just like just <laughs> yeah. work. I, I think during Pistons games, it's like wake up, work all day, take a 45 minute break to go for a walk, make some dinner, watch the Pistons record till 1130. And then it's like the weird thing about podcasting at night like this after a game is like now you're all pumped up you're fired up at 11 p.m 11 30 and now it's like how am i supposed to go to sleep and it's just like it's uh welcome to my cycle and, See, and that, as that's a why, go ahead les it's like that's why i've leaned into like the npr style of podcasting so i can actually get some sleep when i record at like 10 30 after <laughs> guys half asleep voice, when he yeah. does it no just kidding yeah. and, Ma- no, and I mean, Matt, I, matt's uh matt's energy is high after games it's not even because of wins it's just because saban lee's had scored 15 points in a in a three-point loss in orlando <laughs> yeah i gotta yeah. go crazy what bright. a game yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> No, I mean, as somebody who, like, I'll, I'll have to do multiple takes sometimes of, of certain videos when we beat Brooklyn or when we beat, well, the Brooklyn one was the beer one, so that was one take. But, you know, so I have to have a lot of energy and testosterone for multiple takes. And, yeah, you have to, like, really settle yourself down a little bit after mm-hmm. that. Oh, yeah. so, so I definitely get that. Um, James, you had mentioned in a previous episode that, obviously, you um, were able to, to, to work on some stuff uh, at Michigan State. But I'm assuming that probably wasn't the first job that you held in a basketball capacity. It actually was. was uh, it? Okay. Well, yeah. So like, I had like a very tra- traditional route. I wasn't into like, and I'm not. I mean, no disrespect, but like, I wasn't. I didn't really know about blogs until midway through college, like the Detroit Bad Boys and stuff, like stuff like that. I wasn't like I was obviously a massive NBA fan and and followed reporters and from all different areas of the country but like I wasn't into like I don't think I was into like the blog stuff so I wasn't too familiar yeah. with that but yeah so I, d- I didn't do the student newspaper at Michigan State I I had to work like get money so like I say like I'm like a drug dealer they, they, I had to they get paid money. me so like I made money yeah at I the made state money news. at CM Life yeah at the state news money. wasn't it like two dollars though an hour I mean it wasn't amazing money but no no, no. it was yeah, yeah. money no, no, no. it was beer money you could get some beer with it no that's no i didn't mean and it as we if, did yeah <laughs> i didn't mean it as if they didn't get paid i like had to pay uh oh like yeah my apartment like, yeah rent. if you have bills yeah yeah, yeah like i had to pay like my parents like help with half the apartment i had my car up there so like i decided i knew funny story and we might get him on the pod at one point um andrew hank who is now the lakers equipment manager uh, was the assistant Pistons equipment manager two years ago. He worked for the LSJ, Lansing State Journal, as a stringer. And we worked together for this company, this startup called iSports Web that was getting students in, out of East Lansing. I remember iSports Web. Yeah, so that's like my first thing. I've I blogged it, about yeah. the Ravens, da- uh, David Harns, Joe White. I don't want to, yeah. Um, but he's like, hey, my boss, Barry Keel at the LSJ, needs just some help stringing at night. Uh, at the LSJ, I'm like, sure. He's like, it pays minimum wage. I was like, perfect. Like, I didn't have to work at the CAF or anything. And I could get my foot in the door at literally one of the four, three, top four biggest newspapers in the state. So I did that, got my foot in the door, got 
stories here and there because obviously there's football and basketball overlap. So Graham and <clears throat> excuse me, Chris Solari and Joe Rexroad would maybe have to cover a late season football game, and I'd go cover Michigan State versus Grambling or something like that. Um, and that's really how it started. And then that situation propelled everything else. Um, J- James, did you know that I interned at the Lansing State Journal back in the day? Did I ever tell you that? No, not, not yeah, while I, I was one there, right? Summer, no, 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 back okay. before, yeah. It was like when I was, the end of my college run, I was like a news intern. So you mentioned Barry. Yeah, um, love Barry. And those guys, and Joe, and Jeff Kimmerly was still there when I was yeah. there. He had um, just and, left when I got yeah. there, but I know Kimmerly well. Yeah, I did a summer where I was living. My girlfriend was living in East. She was going to state, so I did one summer. I think it was like after, I, right before I started working full time in Port Huron, I was, uh, I was a Lansing State Journal, and it, it was I a crazy summer. There was like a, it was a couple of high profile like murders that I covered. Oh, yeah, it was just like a bizarre summer that was going on. So it was just, it was a wild job for me. That I year. remember the horror horror stories I'd hear from people in the office about that summer with the, yeah. the string of murders. Ricky, okay. Ricky was the little kid. That, I mean, this is like the most horrible story ever. But like every day, I would drive out to Williamston because they were looking for this kid who was missing but That's it turns right. out that his, his uh, foster parents had, had murdered him and all Jeez. that so alright let's talk Pistons <laughs> yeah, yeah, on, guys. <laughs> while we're on the subject of crossover Laz I've been meaning to ask you this and I don't think when we grabbed uh, dinner what is probably a year or two ago a year or a year and a half ago I don't think I asked you this how, you, how old are you? I'm 30 so you're. I'll be 29 next week did we? You went to Michigan State. You majored in journalism, right? Yeah. Did we ever have classes together? Do you know? I don't think so. I always wondered that because I, I have a terrible memory, like absolutely bad. And I was like, we're close in age. So, like, as as stereotypical as it like sounds, like if there was like another like black dude in one of those <laughs> cl- journalism classes, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, I would have remembered it. No, for real. Yeah, there was not but, any. Yeah, so no, I don't think we ever had a class together. But like, uh, we know I never had a class with like Omari either. But that made sense because he's like a year or two behind. Yeah, me. I think he's twenty six. No, yeah. Omari's younger than me. I was gonna say he's closer to my age. I feel like. Well, no, but me and Omari like worked at the State News at the same time. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, did you? Yeah. Is that why how you guys know each other so well? I didn't know. I didn't know the connection. I did, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. And but I was I was never actually on the sports desk at the State News. I was on the opinion desk. So oh, okay. by the time Omari came in, he was, uh, it was like his like first semester. So he was still doing like the like volleyball, like field hockey beat. And I was like the opinion editor. And so like we'd see each other in passing and we'd dab each other up and stuff. But like, you know, I was, we were both still like needed to do like a bunch of work. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. 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 This is, see, this is kind of, this is a, this is interesting to me because you guys are like, I don't know what a stringer is. You guys are saying a bunch of things like <laughs> I don't I don't I obviously don't have any of this experience like mine was um, it's funny because I, I totally forgot that I did this. And I know my brother will remember this because he had to drive us to do it. Shout out to um, Matthew. Shout out he to Matthew. One shout out every pod for whatever yes. reason. He's going to he's that's going to make him happy that you just said that. That's my um, guy. So our our varsity basketball coach at Howell which is he's probably I mean we went to a state championship or a final four a few years ago he's quite good we lost didn't they to, lose to, to, uh, to Monty I was at that game yeah <laughs> really, I was at yeah. that game yeah yeah once I saw it, um I was like oh my god we're in the final four so I was at Monty Bates I was like okay well final four is a pretty good run <laughs> yeah that's not bad wait did um, Howell have anybody that I would know how the hell did they get to the final four? they all look like me yeah, it was a weird game to watch. It was like I—I I, I mean, I'm not a betting man. I actually am a betting man, and I know who I'm betting on to win this game. Yeah. Probably the uh, the team with the the six five guys that yeah. like they're going to go play college basketball. Like Zion plus, Zion dunking on like the middle schoolers, or I don't remember was that one slightly well, better than that? 
Well, they had the state championship against UD Jesuit coming like two days later, so I think they kind of like got a big lead in the first half and went yeah. on cruise control got after that, from yeah. what I can remember. Um, but right. that same that same varsity coach when I was in high school, um, we had a good relationship because he actually coached me in football, and then he transitioned fully to basketball. But he asked me one day, he goes, he goes, if I paid you, would you um, scout games for us? And I was like, what? And um, I like. I didn't like basketball. James, you and I have kind of talked about this before. Basketball wasn't told. Well, I guess at this point, this is where I was starting to make my transition to I care way more about basketball than anything else. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, I obviously I didn't have my license. I was, I think, only think a sophomore. And so I had to ask my brother. And he was like, yeah, we can do that. So we would, like, drive um, in his, like, 94 Explorer or whatever it was, super old car. We'd drive distances that we probably shouldn't have driven uh, <laughs> just to just to film these games. And... My job was to film the game, bring the camera back to the coach, and he would pay me, and that was it. But what I did every single time was I would give him the camera, and I would hang out for another 10 minutes giving him a full, like, scouting report. And he was very nice in, like, just letting me talk, but I could tell that he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. But, and, it was, and it was awkward because the whole time you were doing it, you were pouring beer on yeah. your head. So he was just like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and, uh, like, I, I didn't know, like, I couldn't have told you what a 2-3 zone was. Right, I didn't, James. You, I couldn't have told you what a hammer screen was back then. Oh, right? and now that's your favorite thing to say in the world. Oh, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> if I see a hammer screen, I'm like Mark Jones. I'm calling it out immediately, which is why I like Mark Jones because he will call out hammer plays in real time, which you mm-hmm. do not find from any play-by-play guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting to me. So, like James, you obviously, I think you. I don't want to say that you got to your end game, but you sort of got maybe where you in, in envisioned. Laz, was there any sort of like when you? Uh, went to school uh, for journalism because I actually don't know what you do now. Like, this is a great like question. A, yeah, w- was there an end in sight? Like, what was your goal? What is your goal? What were you trying to accomplish? Matt, oh yeah, I was going to write question. for Grantland. Okay, yeah, I was going to be. A, I was going to be a superstar. The dream is still alive, yeah. Les. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they're they're digging up Grantland right now as we speak. Yeah, yeah, two point Yeah, but no, yeah, like yeah, that was the thing. I thought I was going to be a big shot. And then I quickly got disabused of the notion that I was going to be a big shot. And then I was like, all right, let me go. Uh, let me go do something else. Why did you feel yeah. like you? Why did you feel like you wouldn't be a big shot? Because you're a very good writer. I'm a pretty good writer. I'm not an amazing yeah, writer. I think you're the, a good writer. The, the thing that always got me was like the daily grind, right? Like I can I can write great stuff, but my process and like my thought process and everything, I, it takes me a while. And so like churning out you know like 800 words three you have times an athletic pace is what you're saying yeah exactly yeah. if the athletic had been around like right after i got out of school like that would have been like perfect for me yeah um but yeah and so like doing that was was really tricky for me personally and uh the and the other thing for me was like i had a very serious girlfriend all through college um, congratulations. We, we, is this the same? Is this your wife? This is my, this is my wife. Congratulations. Yeah. We gave you a congratulations. The, the yeah, we gave oh, you a congratulations you. on the show. Good yeah. job on the sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you did but, well. But she, she got a job in North Carolina. Um, and she was, she's a, like an engineer. And so she was always going to make more money than me doing the thing. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do something else. But also, you did like, it right, man. I'm going yeah, to uh, just move to North Carolina and try to figure. And Carolina is awesome. Like you love it down there, right? Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. Like it was 70 the other day. It's oh, like always God. green. I love. I love North Carolina. We're never moving. Do you, yeah. um, Les? Do you think of yourself um, as a better writer than a better speaker? Like, do you think people? 
mm. it would enjoy your your articles more than your your podcast it's funny because like my articles are just my the written form of my podcast sure right like i would the transcript out, yeah yeah basically it's, it's the exact same thing um but yeah like I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. I Now, ever since I started doing, like, two podcasts and writing a lot less, I think of myself more in terms of, like, help, like helping some of the other writers at Detroit Bad Boys, like, figure out what they're trying to do, doing more editing stuff, yeah. and, like, shifting more into, quote-unquote, content creation, end quote. He just gave himself a nickname without even knowing it. We all know about Tupac. We now have Tupod. From here on out, this is Lazarus Jackson, Dean of Pistons Twitter, a.k.a. Tupac. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Matt, same question, you know, yeah. when you were when you were in school versus where you are now, is it sort of what you envisioned or did it deviate? I think going into this kind of profession, it's hard. I guess I envision, I mean, you got to keep in mind that I graduated college in like 05. So like... Uh, I just envisioned I would be in newspapers my whole life. I would go to the Port Huron Times Herald. I would go to, and, and I did, and then I went to the Springfield News Leader in Missouri, mid-size-ish paper, and then eventually the free press is going to be like, Matt, you got to come home. You're going to cover the Pistons. You're going to be a columnist after that, and that's just going to be it, you know. And maybe you'll be, maybe you'll be like Wojo and host a radio show on the side. You know, that's the dream. That's what you would, uh, what you would attain to. Now. Uh, the newspaper industry basically tanked right in 08 and plus. So I kind of held on longer than maybe uh, was perfect or ideal. So the, those bigger papers were laying off people, so they weren't hiring anyone. So the, those calls never came. And then I'm sitting in Missouri and it's 2010 and I'm like, been there four years. And I'm like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And then I see the job opening for the Virgin Islands Daily News, moved down there for three years. And uh, oh, I, I think, I yeah, I lived in the Virgin the Islands story, for three yeah. years. It's it's awesome. Wait, you and wait, you voluntarily came back from the Virgin Islands? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only so many hiking trails. There's only so many bars that you go. I mean, it's it's. I I grew up in Royal Oak. The size of St. Thomas, the island that I lived in um, on, is um, the same as Royal Oak size wise. So small? I mean, like, it's that small. I didn't it's that, know that small. So I mean, then there's St. John and St. Croix too, and then the BVI. But like, I mean. I'm not a I'm not a scuba diver. I'm not someone who's going to buy a boat or could afford to buy a boat. So I, there was kind of a, a an expiration date, and then I started dating a girl long distance and moved to Chicago and live with her. And um, where in Chicago? So I lived in um, I lived in first I was in River West, then I moved to the border of Lakeview and Lincoln Park. That's, brother, that's where I am right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diver- are you in diversity? Yeah. Diversity? The diversity yeah. brown line is two blocks away from me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I was like right at Clark and diversity. Yeah. There. Yeah. Like a mile to Wrigley Field and all yes. that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I used to string games. Stringing is freelancing and just like a one off gotcha. kind of Thank job. Thank you for finally you explaining that. All yeah. three of you said that word and I was like, right. Yeah. We all know what it's, we're it's a, about. If you're yeah. going to make it in this business, you have to do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. For, gotcha. And for, the, for if you're a writer, mm-hmm. that, that's the greatest yeah. experience you'll get. Yeah, and then uh, then I moved to Avondale for a minute, and then I moved back to Detroit two and a half years ago. Yeah, sure. All right, can Let I me... ask something real quick, Nick? Yeah, go ahead. So I know I'm going to ask this for both of you, uh, Matt. You say it on your pod. You, obviously, you're a reporter in Detroit, but you're also a fan. Yeah. So y- you talk about it publicly, Laz. Uh, obviously, your fandom is is out there. But you're, I'm going to ask both of you this, Laz. Your story is interesting because you didn't become a Pistons fan until. Like, you were in high school, right? Like, you didn't 
wasn't there something interesting there? Like something? Were you always a Pistons fan growing up, or I thought there was something there with that? Yeah, no, I was I was always a Pistons fan growing up. My thing was, uh, I took a break on the that's Pistons. what it was. That's yeah, I took a break was. after the Chauncey trade because the Chauncey trade happened in what August of '08. Yes. Okay, and so like the Chauncey trade had happened, like my freshman year of Michigan State, and it's like. I don't have to watch this team every night. I can, like, go be a college student instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I took a break for, like, two-ish years. So, like, the whole, like, AI, T-Mac, John Kuster, Austin Day experience, I missed, like, a lot of that. I, I know about that stuff it. only because it's been, like, retroactively been filled in the blanks. The thing I'm that just... pulled me back in was Josh Smith. Um, I've talked about this before on uh, other podcasts, but... Um, the, like, by the time Josh Smith got to Detroit, I was in North Carolina. And so, um, like I, I needed to commiserate with other people about how badly Josh Smith was like affecting my day-to-day life. Um, but I couldn't do that with anybody in North Carolina cause they didn't care. Right. And yeah. so like that drove me to the blogs that drove me to like Pistons powered and Detroit bad boys. Detroit bad boys has a more, um, had a more, uh, active and more like diverse uh like commentator community at that point yeah. and so like detroit bad boys just kind of where i stuck my, my story is a little bit similar i had uh i had a couple break i had a break right around the time laz is talking about mine was more like 2010 to basically when i moved back to chicago so um basically stan van gundy coming in um and so like yeah the Josh Smith era to me I have some 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 blank spots in my memory from that uh so I'm trying to kind of and, and not that there's much to say or <laughs> yeah. talk about yeah but like your time. like Rodney Stuckey's ascension and stuff yeah. are things that like I, I okay I don't remember that cuz I was in Missouri in the Virgin Islands and like the Pistons weren't worth me buying league pass many right. years right, right. so I was just like the TNT games fine ESPN, I'll watch the playoffs, and that's like, plus, you know, that was it. That's all I. That's all I really cared about. So the Pistons like weren't really relevant enough for me to care too much about the NBA, other than the big stories around the league. Okay, sure. Yeah, and Laz, you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, taking a break. You're doing that with the Lions. You've been a very noted uh, break guy with the <laughs> Lions for a while. I'm back now, though. That's that's permanent. I'm never going back to that. Well, well okay. you said if they drafted <laughs> Fields, you'd come back. I said no. I said if they hired. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Bienemy, yeah. Yeah, if they hired Bienemy and drafted Fields, right. that would pull me like twenty percent back. <laughs> a nice little and, parlay. Yeah, and then that hasn't that hasn't occurred yet. We shall see. the The thing that keeps me sort of tied to my Lions is, or to the Lions, excuse me, is my stepdad. My stepdad is a huge Lions fan. He's a huge football fan, and so he'll call me and just like talk for me about the draft for forty five minutes. It's like I need to be able to keep up with him. So it's like yeah. I gotta, I gotta like, and plus like you know my athletic subscription gets me content all across the different sports. I get yeah. you know Nick Baumgartner breaking down film and stuff. A lot of that stuff is great. And so it's like yeah, I, I can, I can keep track of what's going on. And plus like you know, you know how sure. it is. The Twitter audience is all like Pistons and Lion fans anyway. So when, when you say stuff about the Lions, they pay more attention to you too. Right. Absolutely. Um, Matt, Matt, how would you rank your Detroit sports fandom? Uh, in terms of the teams I follow closest or yeah. team like, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Pistons to me are the team that, well, first off, Alliance Super Bowl would be the biggest deal. And I think it would be like, cause, cause yeah. it's more like, like last said, his stepdad, like my dad is like, I mean, these guys have been watching for so long right. and they've just been kicked in the pants like every, every year. So it's like, it's, uh, 
Um, that would be the coolest thing. But as far as like my fandom, I'm I'm Pistons number one probably. Lions, it's more like you're frustrated. You're not even really considering yourself a fan. It's just like whatever. So after that, it's kind of like a tie for second for the rest of them for me. It'd be I'm not really a hockey guy as much, so mm-hmm. the Red Wings aren't, aren't as big a deal to me. So that's all. Sure. They're playing for your heart is what it sounds like. Whoever gets good quicker is going to be number two. Yeah, I, I don't understand, like, why bandwagon fans get such a bad rap, right? Like, what's – and I know, like, we've we've been following these Pistons and yeah. now we're getting some exciting years finally, but there were so many lean years and everyone's like, oh, you guys get turn your back. And I was like, well, why, why do they deserve yeah. casual Man, fans as, to really as care? As I've aged, I, like, totally understand that a lot more. When mm-hmm. I was younger, it's like, no, like, these are the people you, like, ride and die for. Like, it meant so much more to me. But like as I get older, it's like this. This is supposed to be fun. I'm supposed to mm-hmm. enjoy myself. Yeah. And so it's like my team is losing all the time. That's that's not fun. My issue with that though, and it's it's strictly, directly correlated to the city of Detroit. And you guys will, I think you guys know what I'm about to say. The Lions have been bad forever. That's mm-hmm. true. And they always sell out. That's my issue. Like I get it. There's some people that are just football fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably the Lions and the Pistons though probably have the most crossover. I would say they probably share bigger fan bases than the other two. Maybe yep. Lions and Tigers. Well, um, think about the geographical location of where those teams played for 20 years, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's true. Point. Yeah, and I, it's just to me, it's like I get it. It's football. You're committing yourself one day a week. But I, I, I always go back to this. I've said it in stories. I've tweeted it. That's It's ruffled feathers, whatever. I don't understand why the Red Wings and Pistons, you guys just – not you guys – the city leaves sure. them when they're two of the historically best franchises in their sports, but you guys will sell out the Lions with bags over your head. It just, I just don't, I don't get it. I think that there's something to like rooting against the Lions and booing the Lions and wanting to fire the GM and the coach and get the the Fords to sell. That kind of keeps you invested. Whereas if the Pistons, Red Wings, and probably to a lesser extent Tigers, because people still go to games, get summertime and whatever. Exactly, yeah. But the Pistons and Red Wings, if they're bad, people will just tune out. And that's just what kind of has happened. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, like, you guys – now I want to ask a question. Sorry, Nick. We're just, sure, like, hijacking the pod at this point. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> was like, so buddies hanging out. Yeah. Well, because I'm not in Michigan, right? Like, I don't get a lot of the, like, local sentiment that you guys – get and so like i want to ask like for the like you know 500 people or whatever that are in you know lca like does it feel like the team the fans are like more invested in this team than they were in prior years does it feel like the the beginning of something from a fan perspective or is it just like the team kind of sucks and it's like uh when you know when you don't tell people what you do james but they like come up to you <laughs> at the gas station and talk about the pistons if somebody like, knows what i do yeah i don't hide it yeah yeah, yeah yeah are they like angry or are they like excited that like they're on the cusp of something new because that's the same for the red wings right the red wings are also rebuilding yes mm-hmm. yeah i would say twitter has been the great the biggest indication that people are on board with the pistons um like i every now and then you'll see people in your mentions that are that don't understand it why they didn't try to win why they didn't do this to try to win the game or uh, Casey's going to get fired. When I tweeted the Casey, um, people better get their licks in now because we're coming in two, three years. I can't tell you how many quote tweets I had. Um, uh, he's wishing his job exi- uh, job security into existence. And it's like, I don't think those people are from Michigan, and I don't think they understand the situation. Like, Casey's not getting fired. Um, this, I tr- Like, if anybody that's watched the Pistons since he's been here, it's, I can tell you it's very much more so the roster 
that he's had the, every year he's been here. I mean, you look down the bench and you got to throw. I mean, your seventh best player is Langston Galloway, who I love. You guys know that, but that's not the greatest team on earth if that's the case. Um, yeah, but no, I think Twitter has been a great indication. I think my friends who are Pistons fans, like, they're excited. It's something to root for. They can get behind young guys. I remember just when I was a kid, whoever the Lions drafted, I would get their jersey. Like, you just get excited about young players. Like, I had the Joey Harrington thing. I, I did the – I had an Ernie Sims jersey. Like, Ooh. now that the Pistons are embracing and, and bringing in not just one young player and then another guy's at the end of the bench because he's a second-round pick. Like, they have literally a collection of guys who are younger than 23. And it's it's fun. And I think the Pistons' issue the last decade is they haven't catered to a young audience. I think a lot of their fans are – I'd say Laz, mine in your age is probably the cutoff and up that remembers the glory days. Yeah. Um, and I think they've neglected, uh, they've lived too long. They've tried to hang their legacy on stuff that's almost now 20 years old and 40 years old. And I think this group right here is starting to at least have some excitement and, and get some young people to watch more regularly. Matt, yeah, you, it hasn't yeah. it hasn't been cool to be a Pistons fan in a long time. Yeah, I think this is like the first time in a while that it's been cool to be a Pistons fan. I got some friends that are you know a lot of my friends are all sports fans that grew up here too. So a couple of text chains, and a lot of times like you know the Pistons they know I host the podcast. I know most of these guys don't really listen to the podcast because they're just not as invested in it. But yeah, just some bellwether guys like that that. They will say, yeah, no, whenever I watch this team now, they're fun. And so I think – I don't know if it's like all the way there, but it's like halfway there or a third the way there where you're picking up some casuals that they're not going to sit down and watch every game. But when they do – or now that you have sports betting here, I think that's kind of a big part that I've guys that are, too. Yep. are looking for something to bet on. So they're watching more sports in general, and the Pistons are on Fox Sports Detroit, so they'll just turn that on. So I think that's kind of helping. Yep. And then the Pistons are giving a good product when people watch, so they're, they're getting more connection with people. So you bring that up, the transition master, very clear that you do a podcast. I don't know how you knew that I was about to ask this great segue there. I wanted to ask Matt because you have really, you and your brother, you guys have really leaned into the um, brother the Brian. Gambling. Shout out brother Brian. Brother Brian Shout out up? brother Brian. Which I'm actually sure. is another question that I have after this. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have really leaned into sort of the 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 money lines and the spreads and just yep. the gambling side of the game. As that becomes more of a prominent feature of not just podcasts but even broadcasts, sometimes, do you think that's helping the league because i have a one theory about it that i kind of wrestle with but as a big as a big gambling guy james knows this um i like it but i do think that there are some give me your thoughts on where this is at. yeah there's there's a line right and you can argue that it's already crossed that line too much especially keep in mind that michigan's a new market for gambling so i think the ads that we're seeing were this is like the high end of it it will get a little bit better in that there will be less ads and less of it in your face everyone's just trying to get the new betters to sign up for DraftKings, sign up for FanDuel, sign up for bet rivers all these things if you watch business games you know about yeah. all these ads so yeah. that that's kind of my my let's 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 see how this all kind of works out but i agree there's too many of them is it good for the league um it, it's a complicated question. I mean, there's a, there's good and there's bad. There's obviously the revenue coming into the Pistons. They've got five deals now, I think. Yeah. There's some league revenue coming in. There's more people watching games because of it. Now, huge scandals that might happen because of point shaving. I mean, we're talking about NBA players. These I'm guys kind of make so much money. For that first scandal, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, the I Pistons, think that. I, I mean, they, they shaved points in what, the, the 50s. That was the thing that happened against Syracuse. So, right. who knows? And, 
and I uh, I think more like small Division One college basketball is more maybe we got to keep your no, eye on that yeah. because it's just like guys that don't make money and and so but I think yeah. that might be a little bit different. But is it good for the league? Um, I mean, that's probably more a universal question. Like, is sports betting good for society? Because right. uh, you know, and, but I think in the short term, bringing in more fans and bringing in more people like that are gonna get league pass or that they're going to watch more games because they got action on it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I work in the industry and so I, and that's my full-time job. So I think it's something that helps entertainment as long as you're doing it responsibly, of course. And I think that it's something that helps the taxes, uh, the tax base, the state and the city of Detroit as well. And some of the, and the, the, the tribes around the, the state as well. So it's these places that are underfunded that need help right now, especially yeah. during the pandemic, I think it can be a good thing, but not ignoring and not setting aside the obvious and, uh, and potential difficulties that it's going to bring to certain people's lives right that is an issue we got to always be talking about and keeping in the forefront sure that's my political answer yeah no 100 percent um i i, I kind of look at it I, it's not a totally fleshed out idea but i sort of look at it in the same vein as like fantasy where i just wonder if a lot of people are going to look at these guys as a figure mm-hmm. and and nothing else like how many fantasy points did this guy get me that's going to determine his worth to me right i was listening um, there's going to be some of that i was yeah. listening my i don't really listen to the radio at all just to go with, along with your point, Nick. But I, sometimes when I get in the car before I plug in my phone, I'll hear ninety-seven one talking and Mike Valeni, who I think is great at what he does. I don't know yep. him at all. I've never met him. Um, I think he's good at what he does. But he was like, he was joking, but he was like banishing Sadiq Bay because I think he had a fifteen-plus uh, point money line or something like. I don't know the yeah. exact term, and he got fourteen. So he was just like it was just like one of those things where he's just like going on Sadiq Bay for I, I did not getting one more point. That. Remember, I was having one of those with Wayne. I put, oh yeah, I put money on Wayne to score fifteen plus. I was texting you the whole game because the dude scored like two, and you're like, he hasn't scored fifteen plus in a month. Yeah, and you're a, half. a terrible better. No, 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 no. I made <laughs> one bad bet. I made you one had like bad three bet. in that night. It was like Wayne to score the first bucket. No, no, no. It was Wayne to score fifteen plus. Um, I don't remember who we were playing. But I had I had money on two guys to score the first basket. <laughs> Neither of them. No, it was Wayne because remember he didn't yeah. shoot the ball. Like he had a, he had an opportunity. Anyways, um, Matt. So you uh, now have your brother on the show as somebody yeah. who I have done a podcast with my brother before. You have a little bit of a more structured environment, but for us it was very easy to find ourselves in some shenanigans and get off track really easily because that's my brother. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. You obviously again it's a more uh, structured and professional setting. Are there moments where you you struggle to kind of stay on the path because you're just, you know, two pals just kind of chopping it yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. We, we normally, like, if you listen, like, we normally have the taped segments that he does and he sends to me. So the Friday show is the one where we – and then a lot of times on Friday, it's you know, it's Thursday night. It's almost the end of the week. Like, I have a couple pops before before the, the show starts. I don't know if you notice that or if I'm professionally supposed to say that. But, yeah, you have, have a drink or two during the TNT game or something like that or if the Pistons are playing. So that's, like, a little bit different of a podcast, and we normally go longer than we're supposed to. So those are the ones where we, we do chop it up a little bit. But, yeah, keep in mind, I'm old. Brian's even older than I am. So, like, uh, we're trying to cater to, you know, Nick's age. And, and these guys that the, the podcast listeners are younger by and large. And I know that like most of the stuff that we would reference in terms of things that we would make fun of each other about growing up and stuff are things that are like, who, who even knows what transformers are, remember you know, Ball or Ball whatever. Ball. We're like, no, we don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We used to play uh, marbles and sticks and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, like, yeah. ride our horses to the, uh, the town square and get into a duel. Yeah. 
Hey, Laz, did, is your wife grow, become a basketball fan or Pistons fan just from her affiliation to you? I was going to no. ask this too. No, but uh, it is funny to watch her watch sports because she'll do the stereotypical wife thing of just like not paying attention to what's going on, on the floor, but like what's happening in the background. Mm-hmm. So she'll be like, oh, look, like Chrissy Teigen's at the game. I'm like, how, how do you know that? It's <laughs> like Chrissy Teigen's there. The, the funniest thing though was when I'm watching like college and it was like, okay, like I'm watching for like this one kid in particular, like figure out like which kid I'm trying to watch. She has no clue. Like they all like <laughs> look the same. They're all 18. So they're like they're all babies to us at this point. Right. Except the notable exception was Zion. I was watching a game with Duke and Zion was playing and Zion did some crazy stuff. She was like, whoa, who's that guy? Like, that, <laughs> that guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that guy's really good. I, uh, you know, it's funny that we even bring up that Duke team because I was having a very long internal monologue yesterday about Cam Reddish. And Laz, if I remember correctly, you are, you're not a Cam Reddish truther. Like you're not a big Cam Reddish guy. That's correct. You can't right? jump. That's a problem. I feel like he, the idea of everything about his game is, wait, is this like 6'9"? Like, yeah. every, his jump shot is gorgeous, but it never goes in. Like, yeah. everything is there, but nothing ever works. I don't I, – that's that's it. I just – I. it's weird that, you know, Zion comes out. It's Zion. He's going to be fine. R.J. Barrett, we're kind of like, okay, he'll come along. Like, if there's any bumps in the road, like, he'll be fine. But Cam Reddish was the one that we were always kind of like – and, but you were just never on board with it, period. I, and I, I remember James DMing me about Cam Reddish. I was going to say this. Like, like, no, like, this this isn't going to work, man. Like, I, I know what I know what we're looking for, and I would like to see it too, but I just don't see it with this kid. Yeah, we had a, we had a discussion because I remember you were very, <clears throat> excuse me, you were very vocal about your Cam Reddish disdain, and I was like, I don't know, I kind of like him. And then I had heard some stuff about their interest in him, and I was just like, let me talk to Laz a little bit more just to see what he doesn't like. And I get it. No, as soon as you said it, like I, I thought those were flaws too, but I just felt like once he got to the NBA game, it might not as ma- matter as much, and it totally does. Yeah. He's been I gotta, such a I got to work on my draft evaluations, though, because like, I've, oh. been, I've been pretty wrong the last couple of years, and it's, it's starting to look real bad. Where were you uh, the most me. wrong? Yeah, let's uh, get your worst, your worst draft oh, take. Man. Let's go through it because I, I have one. My, so the one, the recent one that's like, probably the one i'm glad no one ever brings up um because like i have no defense for it is justin jackson right like i was you a big fan loved of justin of, jackson is like yeah i thought i thought justin i thought there was like i thought there was an outside shot that justin justin jackson became chris middleton right like it didn't seem crazy to me and like in hindsight it's absolutely crazy i was absolutely crazy to believe that um but that was that was the team that like they have been looking for a six seven dude who could shoot yep. for years. Yeah, and Justin Jackson could do those things. So I was like, in the meantime, like while he's doing that, you can teach him some ball handling stuff and and uh, figure things out from there. But yeah, that that didn't go so well. That didn't go so well. So, Matt, what about you? My my uh, yeah. So my this past draft, like I feel like I did pretty well with like the singles and doubles and that like I was higher on Halliburton than a lot of people higher on Wiseman than a lot of people but I just my two swings and misses where I was really low on LaMelo Ball and I just thought Same. that you know that and, and I don't know that I was alone in that but there was a lot of people who loved LaMelo Ball most draft people had him number one and I was just I just wasn't into it as much just because you didn't you know, even the, want to talk tape- about it on the pod the tape didn't look good in Australia to me, and it was just like he looked a little bit disengaged. But then again, you look back, and he's a kid in Australia after being in Lithuania, so it makes it makes sense. So he looks great, obviously, and so that's a swing and a miss. And I was talking about Okongwu as the number – what I would have thought as, a, as the Pistons <laughs> should take number one. Now, 
Yes. Uh, in in my defense, two days before the draft, everyone finds out he's got this foot. So it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, we just talked for six months, and had I known that he had this foot, you know, stress fracture or whatever it was, like that would probably have changed it. But now we're two days before the draft. I can't just like reverse <laughs> and just be like, well, well, now I'm going to drop him down. So I was like, I'm just going to stick with it. Yeah. And he hasn't really played basically like – I don't know if he's even played like two games in a row. It seems like he missed all of training camp, got thrown into it, and now I think he's had like three or four decent-looking games every now and then, but it's just like it's incomplete just like Killian, but it's also like the bad side of incomplete where yeah. you're like, uh, we're going to le- yeah. stay incomplete and just leave it at that for now. Yeah. Sure. So that's a miss as, as we sit here right now, obviously. Yeah. My, my thing with LaMelo was like if you watched – like the full games, like the MB, the NBL, I think it's that's the name of the Australian. Yep. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had a they have a Twitch channel and they had full Lamelo games because they were giving the people what they wanted. They, they're so on like, YouTube too, the full yeah. games. I so watched like, a few of those. Yeah. I watched like three or four Lamelo games, and I'm like, like if you just like didn't watch the highlights, you'd be like, there's no way this kid's an NBA player. No. Like, right. What, yeah. Like, what is exactly. like, What is this kid doing? Yeah, um, and and, and maybe that was like in his favor because he was just disengaged, and that's yeah, maybe just, okay, I guess. I don't which know. everybody said, everybody yeah. said that about them. If he locks in, you know, especially defensively, this guy's different. That's what that was what the narrative always was with him. I just didn't like the trick shots, the eighteen foot push floaters, and yeah, I was those like, are There's weird. No way, like, and he wouldn't just like they weren't just something he'd pull out of his bag every now and then. Like that was a staple in his game. I'm yep. like, this just yeah, is was. not going to work at the NBA level, mm-hmm. and I don't understand why. People don't see that, and then uh, yeah, like Matt, I'm I'm eating what is it egg on my face? There's egg crow. on my eating face. Crow. eating crow. We got egg on your face. Well, yeah. So yeah. being in North Carolina, I get Hornets games, and so I've mm-hmm. watched oh, yeah. my fair share. I'm of jealous of you. Well, I guess and I have league pass, but yeah, you have league. Pass. <laughs> uh, and like, if you miss a game, you don't have to wait three game three <laughs> days true. to watch it on league pass. But the thing the Hornets have really done a great job with Lamelo is like they've really restricted a lot of the things that made him such an unappealing prospect, yeah. right? Most of his threes are off one, zero, one or two dribbles, right? And most of them are not of the like thirty foot variety that we saw in mm-hmm. Australia. And so, and he's gotten a lot better pressuring the rim as a finisher. Yep. And so it's just like he's he's gotten better. And so like credit to him, but he's also playing differently, yeah. playing less, and like asked to do less for an actual professional basketball team and with better and so, like, players. He, and with Obviously that helps, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think one thing I really liked how Borrego ushered him into the NBA, like came off the, off the bench, small doses. Yeah. Now people have talked about that with Killian. I'm usually in the camp and just throw the guy in the fire and let him figure it out, and maybe it takes longer because of that. But I wonder now if when Killian comes back, say they keep Delon, like do they? From what I when you hear Casey talk about, it, he's not committing to anything. I still think Killian's going to start, but. Yeah, I don't know. I always wonder if things went differently those first seven games if he came off the bench. And I don't, I don't, just to play again. I mean, I tweeted it at the time, but if you look at the who he played in his first seven games, like it wasn't just. I mean, any team in the NBA pretty much like has a really good point guard, but like he had Trey, Steph, Marcus Smart, um, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, D'Angelo. He had like Steph Curry. Steph Curry. He had some guys to go. Or I think Frank, uh, not Frank Kaminsky. Wow, Frank Nealakina. Just defensively, guys like like some of the 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 high end um, guys at their position. When I say Frank, like de- I mean defensively. Like you watch mm-hmm. Frank, it's yeah. it's really different. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see how that that goes. Oh, so, can I should I do my takes really quick? 
If you want draft yeah. takes, we're gonna do our little gimmick here in a minute. If you want to do your your worst draft take, go ahead. I have two. The first one is I when Draymond got drafted, and I was at State at the time. I said he's gonna be the greatest European player, the greatest player in Europe. <laughs> and I still don't think that was a bad take because I think most people agreed with me that he would be like at the time. I don't think nobody definitely saw this, and he went to the right team, and nobody saw this with the Warriors. Uh, but I remember Graham Couch told me that like, he's like. Like, yeah, that, that was, like, a bad take. But, like, at the time, like, I think most people would have agreed with you. Like, he would eventually end up overseas. Yeah. Um, but my bad one. And this hurts because I love this dude. I said Marshawn Brooks would be the next Kobe. Mm. <laughs> I, we've talked There's about still this. time. There's this. still time. I don't know don't what Marshawn Brooks is doing. He's probably playing in the Puerto Rican <laughs> League with Keith Appling. He probably is the Kobe of the local Wiley. <laughs> yeah, though. he's Kobe somewhere. <laughs> it's Kobe so you, o'clock somewhere. So you basically thought Draymond Green was going to go out the way that Adrian Payne did? Essentially, yeah. Like I thought, yeah. I thought he would maybe get a year or two. I thought his athletic limitations wouldn't help. How, how am I supposed to know Steph and Clay became who they were? And I, if you would have told me those two guys would have been that, then I've been like, oh, Draymond well, went to the perfect spot for exactly what he does. Yeah. If people who know me know that I knew, I was like, no, I was Nick Stradamus with that whole thing. Uh, if people know me, they knew that I was on the Steph and Clay and Warriors train like light years before everybody else was. And that's also years. been well documented. There. Well, that's also been well documented. Light years. <laughs> because uh, uh, people like to, this is why my Instagram is private because people would just dig back from like 2015 or like 14 when I was wearing Warriors stuff. And it was because I actually liked the team for a while, and then they got good, and then I stopped liking them because I was like, I don't want to like a good team like this. Anyways. You were a big um, Troy Murphy fan? Emo. Andres, I was a, Andres Biedrins? I was <laughs> – you know what's funny? When Steve Blake got there, I, I, it, when he would check in, I would turn the games off. Like even really? at, even I swear to God, that's that's how much I – like. so this just goes back to a previous thing that we talked about on this show. Yeah, I would not. I, I would not watch Steve Blake play ever. I respect um, it. So just to give a quick rundown, um, I'm never wrong about draft picks. I'm always right mm -hmm. about them. But mm -hmm. uh, Peyton Siva, dead wrong about him. I thought he was going to be amazing. I thought Frank Mason was going to be the MVP of the NBA, not the G League. So I wasn't – he's still good, but I wasn't as right about him as I would have liked to have been. Um, so, you think? Well, he's, like, he's, you said uh, that like you were on the whoa, whoa, whoa. fence, like it's close. He, well, he was the G League MVP. That's like James, being the best quarterback in Lions history. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we're not. We're right, not doing I'm joking, this. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I'm fired at number. I had to be. Nine. I, had to, I had to be mean to you. <laughs> Once uh, Diakite starts lighting it up in Milwaukee, you're never oh, going to hear the end of it. Here we go. Anyways, um, who do you play for? <laughs> he plays for Milwaukee. What do you? Oh my gosh. You guys. Okay, so we thought it would be fun. I say we. This was my idea. This was a great I was idea. Very, I, I was very strict on the rules. Do not talk about this with the other participants in today's show. You each have one midseason award to hand out. This isn't like a, who do you think's MVP? Who do you think? No, that's stupid and boring, and nobody cares about that at all. Um, so each of you have an award to hand out. Laz, we're going to start with you. I'm just going to go in order that I wrote them. You have the, this isn't as much fun as I thought it would be award, which is a player or a team or a coach that halfway through the year at the All-Star break, it's just not really working out. You thought it'd be more fun. This is all NBA. You wanted all, like, the entire NBA answers? I thought we were doing Pistons. If, well, you'll have time because you go last, so you have okay. time to think about it. If you want to do Pistons, you can, but it is all yeah. NBA. Okay. I, oh, I assumed it was Pistons as well. Oh, I'm well. sorry. But it would probably be the, the same answer regardless, okay. so that's fine. 
what's what's give me the award again? This is the. This isn't as fun. This isn't as fun as I thought it would be. Award. The the Killian Hayes experience has not been as fun as, Ooh, as I thought it would be. This is going to be juicy. Okay. Yeah. And that and that he doesn't play. And that, <laughs> injured. Okay. In both that in that he doesn't play, and that uh, he didn't play well when he was playing, and in that the fan base turned on him almost instantly. It's so weird. You tweeted that like this is a fan base that what no matter what rookie gets here, like whether it's Henry Ellenson or. Austin Day, like they fall in love, and they like there's more negative than good for Killian, and it makes no sense. Yeah, Kill- Killian does not get the love. People love Saban more than they love Killian, and like I, I just don't get it. I think part of it is like nobody watched him in the German league, which is fair. There's like no pre-existing um, attachment. I think part of it is that um, he's European. Part of yeah, part of it is that even though he's black, he's European. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think that's another like aspect of it. There's always a fear about European players in Detroit, even after like the Jonas Jurepko experience. People always just like still reference Darko and everything. Um, and it's like, and I think the other part of it is that the way that Killian plays the game is not necessarily like super conducive. It's like a, and a super exciting like fan experience. Hundred percent. He's not gonna try and like murder Nikola Vucevic like Saban Lee does. Um, he's not gonna throw like a crazy like eighty foot uh, outlet pass like Lamelo yeah. would. Um, he just like gets in the half court and does his thing. But damn it, that and pick and roll swing to the opposite corner is beautiful. It is, and people it is. don't. Yeah, like you have to be nerds like us to like really lo- mm-hmm. like enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, it's he's like, just more surgical, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's a what have you done for me lately league, so that's why they like save him more. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like that that hasn't been as much fun between and I think the the big the biggest part of that for me is like the fan base turning on him It's like this is like a 19 year old kid like we're supposed to love these kids like I loved I loved Henry Ellenson like like I you know I bought in like everybody else like where, where's the love for this guy yeah. but uh but yeah that's that's my that's my not as fun as I thought it was going to be experience okay the, you know, the Killian Hayes call experience. me up in like you know April and we'll see how that take lasts but. sure I love that um, answer for you especially because you were so you were you were yeah, driving was, the Killian I, I was, train yeah, I, I stuck out uh, my like plot of land on Killian Island like really early. <laughs> really early. Got bigger. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so now we move on to uh, Matt's award, which is the I think it I think it was only made clear to you that this was not just Pistons based on what Correct. the award is. Yeah. Correct. So luckily, luckily this didn't happen here. Like I did mention to you before we got on, I did mean to add a stipulation here. Okay. But we'll cross that bridge if we get there. Matt's award is the. Yeah, I'll be having more of that award, which is essentially what it breaks down to is the most reliable league pass team. Even if the Pistons are playing, you got to kind of flip channels a little bit. What's this team up to? What's this player up to? Matt has the, yeah, I'll be having more of that award, and the winner is who? There are teams that have ascended this year to become a little bit more exciting. You know, obviously, Laz lives in a state with one of those teams. But to me, it's the same team that it's been for the past, like, four or five years. And that's my West Coast team. That's my uh, the Pistons are done. I'm looking at – I'm getting podcast prep going. I'm flipping on League Pass, and I'm watching the Portland Trailblazers. And yes. Damian Lillard, yes. every single time, it's just all Dame for me. I I love Portland. I love Oregon. I love uh, the Rogue Valley in southern Oregon. It's it's just like I, I, I – 
can't get enough of Dame Lillard. I love the fact that he's like invested to that team. It's a Pistons type of market. Yeah. It's a Pistons type of DNA. They've been good for a long time, a long time as a franchise, and nobody really knows it or talks about it. And just I just I'm a Dame Lillard guy. And just the mellow thing. I know Nick was on mellow too a little bit before yep. a lot of people were. And uh, I just kind of figured, well, all the front offices are ignoring him, and uh, and so he must be just done. I don't know. I don't I don't feel strongly that he should be back or I don't know that he's getting blackballed or something like that but just the fact that he's been gone for a while must mean he's done and uh, he's back he's doing some good stuff uh without CJ right now this year that he's been out that Dame's like stepped it up even more um you know the, James's colleague at the Athletic had a nice article about Dame this week that he's dealing with a lot of stuff uh in his personal life and uh makes you root for him more because he's he's just a, a dude. He's a real dude. I mean, I, I I can't get enough of Damian Lillard. I should start a Dame podcast, and that's my team for sure. Every year, pretty much at this point. So two things there. One, I've said I think a few times on this show, and maybe through some other mediums as well. I think that here comes um, Harry Giles talk. N- no, <laughs> but I should ask a question about that. No, I think the Mo- Moda Center. I think is maybe the best arena in the league. I think at the very least, Moda Center has the best. It's loud. Yeah, yeah I think it has yeah. the best lighting. I think the, the the floor is great. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I've been to a game there, and I know James probably been there too. But uh, like, it's um, it's it's just kind of old school. It's yeah. like it's like there's no frills. It's just a basketball arena, nope. and the there's no sweet situation that screws up the volume. And they're always packed, and people in Portland are probably either drunk or high during the game the whole time. <laughs> they're having a good time, and they're like really positive fans. They love their Blazers, which. You know, around here is a little bit different sometimes. People yeah. sometimes show up to Pistons and boo Reggie, and and then they want to you know watch the opponents. They're there to see the the visiting team, but that's not the case in Portland. They're just positive and they love it. Yeah, One thing absolutely. they do that's really cool in the Moda Center is before I've been there f- uh, three times now. I, I think they might have done it twice, but they they put what they say is the game ball, quote unquote, all the way at the top of the arena. So the the stand the fans in the last row at the very top pass the ball all the way down. You just hand it off to the row under you, under you, mm-hmm. under you until it gets to the referee, and then that's the 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 game ball. But I'm pretty sure wow. they I'm pretty sure they switch uh, once it gets to the ref. If I had to guess, yeah, yeah uh, I don't think but, they'd be doing that right now. Yeah, that's definitely not <laughs> happening now. But yeah, no, Portland is my second favorite city on the circuit. I absolutely love Portland. So very very fortunate there. The stipulation was don't say Brooklyn. Cause mm. duh, you know, yeah. like I and I, yeah. it was like two days later. I'm like, shoot, I probably should have mentioned. Don't say the Nets because yeah. obviously it's the Nets. So great, yeah. Great Brooklyn pick. and Charlotte are like the teams that are like kind of fun and new yeah. and interesting to watch. And then I, I would say that early in the season I was watching a lot of Sacramento and, and Halliburton too. But that's kind of trailed off a little bit. And and, and I just gravitate league pass towards the West Coast teams because you I'm watch you, them I don't after the Pistons. Yeah, yeah I watch them after yeah. the Pistons game, and yeah. I'm up late all the time and. The East, like, I just – I dislike all the teams in the Eastern Conference <laughs> as a Pistons fan. Like, okay, the Celtics are good. The Sixers are good. Well, I hate those teams, yeah. so I don't want to watch those teams. Do you hate Milwaukee? Uh, n- I have a Try weird relationship lightly. with Milwaukee. Um, no, I don't hate Milwaukee. I like Giannis. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I just – I was afraid that they were going to go on like a dynasty run, so I was like, "Man, I hope they don't go on a dynasty run, and that would be a bummer." And but I, I do have one of my best friends, John, big Milwaukee fan, and uh, shouts out to those guys. But yeah, no, I, I got no problem with Milwaukee. Sure. But there's been like those, I don't know, like they they kind of attack 
the Pistons and belittled them so much during that sweep and everything. And, and Giannis and the Blake dust ups a little bit there. That and they just treated us like the little brother, like they should have while they were kicking the crap out of the Pistons. So like, I, I got some scars on that. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, yeah. like, and there was the infamous, you know, Milwaukee to Detroit pipeline of just like <laughs> yeah. ended up on the Pistons. We were their the G League team, yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they're not going to go on a dynasty run if Blue yeah, Walters is yeah. the coach. Um, James, it's your award, which you forgot about because you were busy. You had to no, text I, me this morning. Yeah, I just had to get a reminder. Was my award again? Yeah, okay. Well, that's what it was, sure. Yeah. Um, your award is the Going Up Fireworks on the 4th Award. Shout out to the late Danny Brown. I say late. He's not dead. Uh, yeah. This is essentially Lightning Rod Award. Player who has taken their game to another level this year. Not like most improved, but I guess technically, like Laz, your answer could actually be related to Detroit as well. Player that has taken their game to a completely different level this season. Well, yeah, it was going to be Jeremy Grant uh, because sure. you were talking. I thought we were talking Pistons, and I, t- I mean, obviously, I, like I've told you and I've written it and conversations. I think he has a chance, a real chance to win Most Improved. I mean, when they signed him, I like Jeremy Grant. I remember tweeting in the bubble what would you pay Jeremy Grant in the open market? And I think some people said 12. I said, I think 18 was about where I'd go just because I, he was so good in the bubble and he's exactly what teams are looking for. I would have paid him 18 just for what he was doing in the bubble. Um, and I probably would have got fired a few years later. If, <laughs> if, if I'm putting him around guys, if I'm, if I'm hiring him to do what he did for Denver. Now mm-hmm. he's definitely what he's doing in Detroit is worth 19 million. I've just been stunned. I didn't – the big thing with Jeremy is I was curious how he would create his own shot. He doesn't have a great handle. It's not It's not dance with me. It's, it's, it's nothing glorious. But he has sneaky – the intrigue of Jeremy Grant is his length, but he has sneaky offensive length where it's like one or two dribbles and he's past you. Or, mm-hmm. And when he jumps, he's so long that he looks like he's soaring ever, over everybody. It's – we all knew he was a lengthy guy, a lanky guy, but offensively it's really shown as he's become the go-to guy. And, um, yeah, he falls weird, and it looks like it's going to be bad 90% of the time he hits the ground. Just the way he, his body turns, his legs are very noodly. It's just really weird. But um, he's found a way to score. He's found a way to still be a very good defender. Um, he's loved in the city. He's, he's loved in the locker room. His shooting hasn't dipped. I, I just did not expect any of this from him uh, when they signed him. But he's been very good. I'm trying to think, is there off the top of my head on the spot outside of the Pistons? Um, let's give let's give Nikola Vucevic some love. I know. I was gonna, I was going to say him or Sabonis, yeah. But Sabonis is I – th- I think he's better than he was last year. I think even Brandon Ingram is a guy who's better than he was last year. Yeah. But we kind of already knew – that they had this in their bag is yeah. what I mean. Exactly. Like I could go and beat, I could go Jokic, but that's not fun. I really liked, like I think Vucevic is really good. Um, uh, should he have been an All Star? Yeah, I think he definitely should have. And I agree with Matt. I think you said on your pod, if you're going to get rid of one guy, it probably was him. Um, but I just, I mean, the dude gets buckets, and he just doesn't look like a guy that's going to get you buckets. And it just, he's kind of fun to watch for a team that's not that fun to watch, especially now with so many guards hurt. Um, I, I really respect just kind of how Vucevic goes about his business, how his plays just sure. gotten better every single year. 
Um, you don't hear he doesn't complain. He doesn't ask for a trade. He likes where he's at. I'm all about the the guy that can ball that likes being in the small market. So let's give let's give Vucevic some love. What about Shea? Oh, that's another Shea one. this year. I, was, I, was I mean, that there, team yeah. is 15 and 21. That roster is terrible. Ooh. They have like one of the worst rosters in the league. I thought it was going to be like piss. I didn't even see the Timberwolves being this bad. They've had the injuries, obviously, but like. I I was like Pistons. I mean, you got to watch out for Oklahoma City at the yeah. very very bottom of the NBA, and the fact that like you know he's their best player and he did not look good team. in the bubble. I was kind of ready to yeah. like sell some Shea stock. Yeah, he was bad in the playoffs. Yeah. He well, was, that was bad that's in his the playoffs. First playoffs. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I have not seen a single OKC game this season. I saw I keep, one. Yeah. You got to bet. You got to you got to move to a state where you have wagering, Laz. That you'll watch <laughs> these games. Yeah. Oof. I would throw like I don't I don't want to just throw Royce O'Neal in there, but what about like Jordan Clarkson? Jordan yes. Clarkson's been quite good. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. that that's one. Um, Sexton, Sexton. Ooh, what Get an it interesting off, pick. Go ahead. What a fascinating pick, Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Dude, the Cavs have been in an absolute tailspin. I, nobody's yeah. talking oh, yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, we look yeah. at this team, and I'm like, even. Oh. No, I mean, like when I run those tankathon spins, I notice. Well, you know, <laughs> they're I just mean, very I just prominently mean, involved. I just mean in the sense that you know, James, when you and I started the show, it was sort of when the Cavs, you know, they were hot the in the streets. Tra- yeah, I'm kind of looking at them like, whoa, 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 what do we have here? And everybody's kind of like this Cavs team, like kind of fun. Yeah. Now, like Jetty Osmond's on the block, and I'm like, I thought he was going to be their wing forever. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't hate know, that dude. Yeah, you're not a big Jetty Osmond no, guy, and I've I been a known slanderer as well. Um, so final question, uh, which goes to myself, which was I'm cheating a little bit, but um, before we do a unique story time with James, I was going to ask them. Okay, I was going to ask them if they wanted to do story time today, but we can we can do maybe do both. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge in a minute. Okay. Uh, so this is the uh, committed and outfitted award, which basically, uh, where do you find the best Detroit sports themed apparel? Only at thesecondstring.com, where you can get uh, 10% off if you use promo code Hankel. That is the 2ND, second, string.com. Uh, I'm actually wearing my, I wore it in the last episode too, my French Revolution crew neck. Um, shout out to Seiko and Boya and Killian Hayes. Secondstring.com, uh, latest and greatest Detroit sports themed apparel. Promo code Hankel for 10% off. Now, the story time with James that I thought. Get your built bars too. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, the, uh, whoa, everybody. Let's, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> the story time with James that I, I was basically what I was just going to do is ask Laz and Matt if there was any player that they specifically want to hear. Oh, that's great. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. oh, okay, good. I, I was thinking I was going to come up with a story that I definitely no, don't no, have no, no, uh, no. the trips like that. I was just going to um, ask if you had maybe a funny encounter in a locker room or anything. I like think that, my, my funniest thing uh, probably outside of a locker room is uh, I went to – okay, so I was living in Springfield, Missouri – I'll try to make this story as short as possible. Uh, And that was the year that LeBron and the Heat played um, Durant and the Thunder in the finals. And I was just like, you know, NBA finals games. I don't think I'd ever been to an NBA finals game. So uh, I was like, you know, we can go to Oklahoma City and tickets won't be crazy because it's Oklahoma City, you know, the cost of living. So I was dating a girl at the time, drove her um, and uh, her friend and another guy, and we – we went to game one. Or was it game? Yeah, game one. And we went to Oklahoma City, and uh, we're drinking in some bars for the game, ran into some dudes with a bunch of heat. And the girl I was dating was from South Florida, so okay. she was a heat fan. And so we were, like, the only people. Like, I was pretending to be a heat fan because I didn't care. And uh, and, <laughs> and so um, we were the only people, like, in the bar, like, rooting for the heat, except for these other people. And they were getting after it. They looked like they were fun. And it turns out it was Mike Miller's brother 
and like his what? like his crew basically his brother oh, and wow. his crew so we like yeah. yeah we like latched on to them and like you know the girl i'm dating was like really pretty so i was like whatever and then so the it, it wasn't it was because i was funny <laughs> or something like that there was there was a real there was this there was a reason that they were they were uh they were they, were, they liked us so anyway we ended up um going into like the players like area and stuff after the game we went down and waited for mike miller and we got all these like photos of mike like miller. us and mike miller yeah. and it was, it was great and he was really nice and everything and and so you know the Heat won that game. Durant misses the shot at the in the baseline there, and uh, and so everyone was was excited and, and everyone had a great time and 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 yeah, just just uh, that was my my that's story. Awesome. I like. I don't think you ever told me that. I like that. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a great story because, like James said, big Mike Miller guy. One oh, shoot, I Mike, Miller Mike Miller was a bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. A, I never thought I'd hear a, a Mike Miller oh, yeah. story. That was great. Laz, do you have anything? Any any funny? It, it could be like with some like Michigan State like C tier. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Who, who do you got? So my my Detroit Pistons story is oh, so okay. I went to I went to Detroit Country Day High School, um, and I was there the same time that Jordan Dumars, Joe Dumars' son, was there. Yep. He was a year uh, year younger than me, and so and he was on he was on uh, the basketball team obviously, and so like one day I'm like at a game, um, just like you know hanging out, and my buddy like taps me. He's like, look behind you, but like don't freak out. So I was like. Like, all right, sure. So I, like, turn my head and look back. Like, three rows behind me is Chauncey, Rip, and Ben. Uh-huh. Just, like, uh-huh. hanging out, watching watching a game in Detroit Country Day High School. And I'm, like, I'm shaking. I'm, like, <laughs> literally, like, it's, like, what like what do I do? Like, do we like do we go talk? Can we talk to them? Like, should we talk to them? Should we, like, try and, like, interact with them in any way, shape, or form? And it's, like, the answer was no. We were just, like, all, like, too petrified. Like, absolutely not. We're not going to touch these dudes. Um, but like that, that was as close as I ever got to the going to work squad. So you could That's see like the, there was like an invisible force field and you're like, don't get close <laughs> to them. Yeah. Don't. There's literally like a six foot box, like around yeah. them. Like nobody was allowed to get near them, when, but like, yeah, they're just chilling in a high school gym watching Jordan Dumars play. There was, um, uh, I feel so bad about it to this day. Uh, when I was in high school, we played, I don't remember what school it was. But Special K's son played for that team. And Special uh, K was there. Yeah. I didn't know that it was his son, but uh, what was his name? Walter was his name. Yeah. So everybody was was just chanting Walter the entire game. And I was just like, because he was like their best player or something. I don't remember what it was. So I was just like, yeah, sure. I didn't realize that it was Special K's son, and I immediately felt terrible about it. Because I was like, no, like I love him. Um <laughs> And yeah, so I was. That's actually this. Technically, I didn't have an interaction with Special K, but James, I think I told the story on the show about the when Nike I, story. The Nike yeah, story. Yeah, when I when I helped him. Yeah, um, yeah. That's all I got. Those are great stories. I like those. James, do you want to? I'm going to be honest. I do you, didn't think a, of. Uh, do you do you want? Are there players you guys? I guess is there a player that I don't know? I you got a John Luer story. I don't even know. Yeah. John Luer had the sickest dime in Madison Square Garden he did. history. Oh, yeah. You guys talked about NBA that. history. Yeah. No, I yeah. have another John Luer story. Um, so, like, one day I asked him, I think, I was doing a story on him. Uh, this is right before he got traded to Milwaukee. So, I don't know if people know this, but his father-in-law is Brian Billick. Right. Um, yep. Former he's, Ravens he's coach. He's married to her his his daughter. daughter. Yeah. I did not know that. So, like, one day he followed me, and I was just, like, so confused. And then I made the connection. Uh, but I, one day I was doing a story on Lure, middle of the season, just trying to get, get through it. It's no playoffs. I think this is the Blake year. Just trying to finish it out and just trying to fill some space. 
So I sat down with them and I like was trying to hint about like the contract and like how, um, how just where he's like how to get to that point to where he was making, he got offered 10 million a year. Like, I don't remember exactly what the question was. I was like, were you surprised when you got, I asked it more delicately. There was a very professional way about it, but the gist of it was like, were you surprised when you kind of finally got your big payday? He's like, Yep. <laughs> it was a great summer to be a free agent. It was a great summer to be was a free agent. Was it 2016 that he got that yeah. contract? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. John was a very Ish. nice guy. Boban. And Boban. And Boban. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just mean because 2016 was when everybody got paid. So mm-hmm. it just yeah. it doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Bismack Biombo. Um, but that, that's right. I was, gonna, I, was, I was trying to think of some of the other names. Timofey yeah. Dang. Luol Dang. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. What a hilarious. And then it's like. Cause you look they should have like a reunion with all those guys. <laughs> and then there's just together. Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah. Who was the, yeah. <laughs> uh, James, I'm going to be totally honest. I did not think of an album because I didn't know if we were going to do that today. Do Okay. Let's, we'll give our, our guests just your favorite oh albums of all time. Uh, Ooh, on the spot. <laughs> Matt, you go first. Uh, okay. Um, so I'm old. As you guys know, so I'm, you know, I used to, I was like, when I was in middle school, my life was like, you know, East Coast, West Coast, you got to pick Tupac or Biggie, you know, that was like just, you had to just do that. So I'm going to talk about like maybe an album from those days that maybe the younger folks don't know of that was like kind of a surprise, really good album. And obviously everyone knows Tupac and Biggie by now, but, but I will, I was a big uh, dog pound guy back then with Daz and Corrupt and the dog food album i think it was like they're the only really one that they put out york, it's a new great york. album check it, yes yes you check dreams. it out yep uh front to back everything's good um so the younger folks check out uh check out the dog pound great pick. Um, i am also gonna carbon date myself a little bit uh the is not necessarily my favorite album but like okay so when when i like write something I generally like listen to like one or two songs like on a loop to the point where like when I was writing essays in college, my wife wanted to murder me because I would listen to the same song for three hours. <laughs> but the like the the album that has been like the best for that and as such has been like probably the album I'm lis- I've listened to the most in my life is DJ Shadow's debut album, Ooh, Introducing. That is a um, great pick. That's left and, field. That's good. Yeah, and uh, the first, like, real song on the album, Building Steam with a Grain of Salt, that's, like, my, like, go-to, like, I need to lock in and write, like, 800 words. Like, that's my song. So that whole album is a masterpiece. Um, check that album out, please. Like, kids. I will, I'm going to check that out. Those are yeah, two. Kids, I know, you know, don't know any, I know you know nothing about that, yeah. kids, but, like, please check that album out. Those are two fantastic picks. Um yeah, Matt. We I'm surprised we've never talked the DPG. Mm-hmm. We'll have to, next DPG, time we get together, man. we'll talk DPG. a little DPG. Last yeah, DJ right. Shadow is a great pick. Absolutely, I didn't I didn't expect that. Not from you, just it's, it's DJ Shadow. Like you don't yeah you don't hear that every day. So that's a great. The I, the songs that people probably never heard. You mentioned New York, New York, but the songs that people probably never heard is Respect and Smooth. Yep. Check out those two songs, and you'll be like, this is this is really good. It, really it sounds to me like James is more excited about Matt and Laz's picks than you have ever been about something that I have picked. Uh, Variety is a spice of well, life. This is, so this is the thing, and we'll wrap up here. Again, thank you guys so much for taking times out of your Sunday sure. to do this. Yes. No, yeah, thanks um, for having me. I hope, it wasn't a, I hope you guys had fun. Uh, we, oh, obviously, our show is sure. a little unconventional, but 
it is what it is, and we thank you guys for jumping on. Um, the thing is, I'm in their wheelhouse though, so that I'm oh true. I'm younger than both of them, but I mean, Laz by a year, Matt by just a few years. But like, I always think there's like an age limit. So I don't always I always get confused. Like I have friends now who are my age that like very much listen to like what's popping and like what's hot, and it's like listen to wherever you want. I don't care. But it's like we grew up on like certain like. I was like seven when Wu Tang dropped. Like I remember my parents listened to rap. Like I'm not like an an guy that just likes old music. Like I grew up in like Nas's first album. I was like six. Like my parents were listening to this stuff. So I'm more in, I'm closer in their age, and I don't really sure. I, I don't do as much exploration in rap as I used to. Like I have like my fifty to a hundred artists that I've accumulated over the years, and I stay on their new music and old music i don't really explore for new rap as much i do probably more r&b um in that regard but i like your picks you have a great musical taste because it covers a lot of spectrums i love the dog pound so and i love dj shadow so that guy like i don't know my i don't know if i ever told you this my uncle's a dj like a turntablist nice. like dj that tracks so yeah. DJ Shadow, like was my uncle's in QAnon, so it's kind of like the same, <laughs> same kind of thing. So. And on that note, <laughs> go ahead, good sign us off, Nick. Yeah, I just the last thing I'll say, I, I did feel I, I thought it was a great idea at the time. Turn it out, I felt kind of dumb about it when I made "Lay All Your Love on Me" as the outro track last week. You joked about it, like throwing off the the tradition. You were right. I yeah. don't like that I did that. We're gonna go back to tradition. Uh, I believe if we're just going to use the one that you sent me yesterday, James's Which is uh, first fire. track. The, um, I, okay, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. If you're feeling generous, leave a, leave a review. James and I send, uh, we, we read every single review and we talk about all of them. You guys make us really happy, except the ones that are mean to me. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it's fine. Hey, I'm leave out, it, hey, don't be punking my guy, people. Stop. Oh, it's fine. Like, no more people, disrespect. Nick is the man. Nick makes this thing go. It, Nick's the man. Nick, it comes with being Nick on the internet. Nick will kiss all your mothers. That's fact. Cheek. Uh, alrighty, <laughs> ladies has. and gentlemen. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.